Section 38 of Stories of the Scottish Border by Mr. and Mrs. William Platt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 35 Hobby Noble. Keep ye will frae the traitor mains, for golden gear he'll sell ye all. In the Ballad of Jock of the Side, we have seen Hobbie Noble act a distinguished part in the deliverance from captivity of Jock, cousin of the Laird of Mangerton, chief of the Armstrong clan. Now, in the following ballad, we shall learn how ungrateful the Armstrongs were for his faithful services. The Armstrongs were one of those outlawed or broken clans whose hand was against every man, and living as they did in what was called the debatable land on the frontier between Liddesdale and England, these stark cattle-lifters and arrant thieves levied tribute from English and Scotch alike. Halbert, or Hobby Noble, was an Englishman, a Cumbrian born and bred, but his misdeeds were so great they banished him never to return, and he established himself among the Armstrongs. From their territory, he continued his depredations upon the English, in resentment of which they at length offered a bribe to the Armstrongs to decoy him into England under pretence of inviting him to join them in a foray. At Kershope foot the tryst was set, Kershope of the Lily Lee, and the name of the chief traitor and leader of the gang was Sim of the Mains. Hobby harnessed himself both with the iron and with the steel, buckled spur on his heel and belted brand to his side, leapt upon his fringed grey and rode down the banks of the Liddle. As soon as he saw the others, "'Well be ye met, my comrades five, he cried. "'Now what is your will with me?' They all answered with one consent, "'Thou art welcome here, brave noble. "'Wilt thou ride with us into England?' and we will be thy safe warrant. If we get a horse worth a hundred pounds, thou shalt soon be upon its back. But Hobby said that he dared not ride into England by day, as he had a feud with the land sergeant, an officer under the warden, to whom was entrusted the arrest of delinquents. But will ye stay till the day go down, and till the night come o'er the ground, and I'll be a guide worth any two that may in Liddesdale be found? Though the night be black as pitch and tar, I'll guide ye o'er yon hill so high, and bring ye all in safety back, if ye'll be true and follow me. They let him guide them over moss and moor, over hill and hope, and over many a down, until they came to the fool Bogshiel. But meanwhile, word was gone to the land sergeant in Askerton, about seventy miles from Carlisle. The deer that you have hunted so long is in Bewcastle Waste this day. The sergeant understood at once. Quoth he, Hobby Noble is that deer. He carries the style full high. He has often driven our bloodhounds back. Now, go warn the bows of Hartley Burn. See they sharpen their arrows on the wall. Warn Williver and Spear Edom. Take word to them that they meet me on the Roderick Hoare at break of day. We will on to Conscourt out green, for there, I think, we'll get our quarry. 
In the meantime, Hobbie had alighted and was sleeping in the full bog shield. He dreamed that his horse was shot beneath him, and he himself was hard put to it to get away. The cocks crowed, the day dawned, and if Hobbie had not wakened, he would have been taken or slain in his sleep. Awake, awake, my comrades five, I trow here makes a full ill day, yet the worst cloak o' this company I hope shall cross the waste this day. Thus cried he to his companions, thinking the gates were clear, but alas, it was not so. They were beset by the land sergeant's men, cruel and keen, and while the Englishmen came before, the traitor Sim of the Mains came behind. Had Noble been as masterful a champion as Wallace himself, he could not have won under such untoward circumstances. He had but a laddie's sword, but he did more than a laddie's deeds, for that sword would have cleared Conscourthart Green had it not broken over one of the English heads. So his treacherous companions delivered Hobby up to the officers of justice. They bound him with his own bowstring, but what made his heart feel sorest of all was that it was his own five who bound him. They took him on to Carlisle. They asked him mockingly if he knew the way. He thought much, but said little, though he knew it as well as they did. As they took him up the Carlisle streets, the old wives cast their windows wide, every woman whispering to another, "'That's the man loose jock of the side.' The poor fellow cried out, "'Fie on ye women! Why call ye me man? It's no like a man that I'm used, but like a beaten hound that's been fighting in the gutter.' They had him up through Carlisle town, and set him by a chimney fire, where they gave him a wheaten loaf to eat, and a can of beer. Confess my lord's horse, Hobby, they said, and tomorrow in Carlisle thou shalt not die. How can I confess them, says the poor man, when I never saw them? And he swore a great oath by the day that he was born, that he had never had anything of my lord's. He had but short shrift, and they hung him the next morning. According to the ballad, his last words were of manly pride. Yet would I rather be called Hobby Noble in Carlisle where he suffers for his fault than I'd be called the traitor mains that eats and drinks a meal and malt. Thus died the doughty noble. It is proper to add, however, that the Armstrong's chief, Lord Mangerton, with whom Hobby had been a favourite, took a severe revenge on the traitors who betrayed him. The contriver of the scheme, Sim of the Mains, fled into England to escape the resentment of his chief, and was there caught by the English, and himself executed at Carlisle, two months after Hobby's death, in the same place. Such is, at least, the tradition of Liddesdale. End of section 38